Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Happy weekend, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Saturday. Happy Sunday. Right here on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125 and justthenews.com. You are listening to the Bauer and Rose podcast brought to you by our good aforementioned friends. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Are we on Spotify? I don't even know if we're on Spotify. Um, I, I, I just follow your lead, Tom. I <laughs> I'm just happy that I'm I'm wherever on, you uh, get your podcasts. Yeah. Leave us a five star. I know Carol wa- can listen to us on her morning walk. Well, that's so that's uh, all I've got to worry about. And I'm sure that's what she loves doing is listening to more Gary Bauer. Well, she hears the morning rant when she gets. But back she hears that the- anyway. Yeah. Well, that yes, that's true. Yeah. She hears that anyway. All right. I'm going to start off. I, do we have? Is there anything to talk about today? I. I, I um. I, you know, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off. I'm gonna start gonna off from Friday mornings, New York Times. I know you hate when I do this, but Friday mornings, New York Times. This is the He's headline. Now holding up a newspaper, folks. You, it, I can see it, but you can't. <laughs> it is the headline, the lead story: Special Counsel to Review Handling of Biden Records Gives Fuel for Opponents. Okay, that's the headline. Now, the first two paragraphs, whatever. Here, listen to this. Um, uh, just listen to this, and then I'll let you run, because we talk about narrative all the time, regularly, that narrative drives whatever the story. And this, isn't, this is not the editorial page. This is the front page of, the, of America's newspaper of record. Quote, people close to the situation said several Biden associates had already been interviewed, but the decision to open a full investigation put both the president and the attorney general in awkward positions. At the same time, another special counsel appointed by Mr. Garland considers whether to charge former President Trump or his associates with mishandling sensitive documents and obstructing efforts to retrieve them. Listen to this. The circum- this is a news story. The circumstances in the Biden and Trump cases are markedly different. Mr. Trump resisted requests to return documents for months, even after being subpoenaed. That is a flat-out, bald-faced lie. Even after being subpoenaed, while as far as is known, Mr. Biden's lawyers found the papers without being asked and turned them over promptly. Now, there are so many lies in that one sentence. First of all, it, it actually is correct to say that there are marked differences here, Gary. But all to the benefit of Trump. Exactly. Exactly. The president, of course, had the authority to declassify documents. Number two, Mar-a-Lago is a secure facility under Secret Service protection. Number three, Trump was negotiating with the Justice Department. They were cooperating in a good faith negotiation. And then, what is it, 46 days after the last time that the Trump people heard anything from the Justice Department is when... 27 members of an FBI SWAT team 
threw down on Mar-a-Lago, locked the place down, seized documents in a in a criminal style investigation. Whereas Joe Biden and here, here's another thing. <laughs> I'll let you talk. I promise, Bauer. I, I don't really need to. I'm kind of being entertained by, by all this. Tom. And by the way, just let me throw I, – I, I'll just throw in a sentence every once in a while, folks, because I know you really tune in to hear Rose on the Bauer and Rose show. But all this has been vetted, Tom, Corvetted, because the documents were kept in Biden's garage with his Corvette. Okay, here's, here's the media as of Friday morning. Here's the media's new line to protect Biden. It, it's – it's Kafkaesque. The new the new line to explain the fact that they've now revealed there was a second location is to say investigators from the president's the president's lawyers have found quote one batch of information one batch of of classified documents in Delaware. Now, Gary, how do you define the term batch? Is it one file? Is it one document? Is it two documents? Is it a box of thousands of documents? Remember the breathless reporting? Hundreds of documents found in Mar-a-Lago containing nuclear secrets. What is a batch? One batch. Uh, a batch is, is the word that's used to describe any illegal documents that Democrats have been caught with. Uh, but there's you know, no number. There's no it minimizes what could be a serious trove. Well, of course. I mean, look, Tom, in, in Biden's original statement, he goes, uh, well, some uh, classified documents were found in a, a closet in, in, in an office. And uh, uh, I, I don't know what they are, uh, but I, I, I urged them to be uh, you know, ordered them to be turned over immediately. No, Mr. President, some documents, classified documents were found in your closet in your office that you are responsible for. For six years. Remember, Donald Trump left the presidency in January of last year and had the authority to declassify by virtue of his status as the elected president. Joe Biden, as vice president, did not have declassification authority and left the White House uh, almost six years ago. Yeah, you know, Tom, I, look, I, I think the China angle and all that, first of all, this is bad on its face. And it may be, uh, it may lead to uh, serious evidence about the Biden family collusion with communist China. All right, get, uh, you, get to that. Explain to folks what that's about. What's the China yeah. connection? I, I mean, all, all these years, you know, we were talking, we were told about Russian collusion, Trump and Russian collusion, which all was a lie. Every, every bit of it was a lie. It's all been shown to be a lie. But there, there is evidence of Chinese communist collusion with the Biden family. So Biden leaves the White House at the end of the Obama-Biden administration. He immediately uh, gets an offer from the University of Pennsylvania. They set up the uh, the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C. The University of Pennsylvania pays Biden a million bucks to give a couple of lectures. Uh, Not not bad work right there. Um, And then uh, when when the Biden Penn or the Penn Biden Center is set up in Washington, D.C., a really funny thing happens. The University of Pennsylvania over the next three years has the the amount of foreign contributions they receive literally triple in those three years as the 
Biden Penn Center is operating in Washington, D.C. Washington Free Beacon yesterday. I don't mean to interject. Uh, excellent. Sure you do. Re- excellent. <laughs> excellent report by our good friend Adam Credo. Fifty five million dollars from entities related to the Chinese Communist Party to the University of Pennsylvania. Fifty five million. That, that's right. So so just on its face, what you've got is communist Chinese interests, as soon as the center is announced, suddenly start sending a bunch of uh, serious money to the University of Pennsylvania, while the University of Pennsylvania is spending serious money on this center. It's it, This is classic water uh, 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 money laundering, my friends. This is the way it's done. You wouldn't expect the Chinese communist entities to send the money directly directly to the Biden center. That would be stupid of them. And Biden, who has got, I think, an IQ problem, it would be stupid of him to accept such money. So this is the way it would be done. So then you add to that that classified documents are in the offices of the Biden uh, Penn Center, and we have no idea who was coming in and out of those it's offices. It's worse than that. It's worse than that. Documents, according again to, to Chuck Ross at Washington Free Beacon, the documents, there was a, a, another quote unquote batch, of course, we have no idea what that means, of documents that were officed uh, in a suite of offices that Hunter Biden shared with the Chinese energy conglomerate linked to the Chinese People's Liberation Army. So in other yeah. words, yeah. it's in the same physical space. Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure there are, if, are. Are you saying that they're in the same building? Uh, well, according I thought to those offices were in two different places, but it doesn't really matter. Being renewed uh, attention to the president shared his scandal plagued son Hunter and a Chinese energy conglomerate linked to Chinese military intelligence. Uh, Joe and Hunter Biden were office mates with executives from CEFC China Energy from 2017 to 2020. According yeah, to but, emails that were on right, yeah, no, that I, yeah, that I know. I, but it sounded like you were saying it was in the same set of offices that the Biden. I see. You're right. Yeah, I think those are different offices, but it doesn't really matter because Hunter Biden is all over the place. That was a good catch, Bauer. That was a good catch because I screwed it up. I, the actual, the lead of the story is the discovery of the two batches of classified documents brings renewed attention to an office shared by. Right. That was yeah. a good well, catch. This is, what, good this catch. is what you pay me the big bucks for, to catch those sorts of mistakes <laughs> that you make. Regularly. Uh, it's a tough job, and somebody's got to do it. Uh, so, look, uh, that that office uh, that uh, Hunter Biden shared with his father and the head of the Chinese Communist Energy Company, uh, just think of the irony there, right? Uh, the, the, the Biden administration declared war immediately on the American oil and natural gas industry when they came into office, but they were perfectly happy between being in office and then getting back into office to cooperate with elements of the Chinese Communist Energy Industry as long as it fattened the wealth of the Biden family. Now, we also know, Tom, that Hunter Biden during this time, uh, and I don't know, I don't know completely the situation here, but he had an administrative assistant who was a Chinese woman. I don't know whether she was a Chinese American woman or whether she was a Chinese, you know, a Chinese, I think she was born in China, came to the United States, and as far as I know, Tom, has basically disappeared. 
I, I don't know anybody that's been able to find her or interview her, but she was giving Hunter Biden a constant advice and counsel on how to be successful in communist China. And we know from the Hunter Biden laptop, she was also telling Hunter Biden, oh, Hunter, you need to convince your dad to run for president. He would be a great president. He will clearly win. He would be successful. So it is very likely, Tom, that all of this was a coordinated communist Chinese operation that was planning on Joe Biden being president of the United States, and they were doing everything they could to get their red Chinese hands all over him and his administration. By the way, at the Biden Penn Center, uh, Biden also housed a number of very important people, paid them salaries with all this money that was being laundered. These were people that would end up and are right now in the Biden administration, including the Secretary of State Blinken, who was working at the Penn Center and, by the way, began his time as Secretary of State. By meeting Chinese officials, where was that meeting? I believe it was in Alaska. Anchorage, yep. And being yep. lectured to and condescended yes, and sat there to, like a, like sure. a, a suitable, like a guilty uh, white liberal, lackey, exactly. Right? Sat there like a guilty white liberal being lectured to by a co- by college students. Speaking of folks who have vanished, disappeared, maybe uh, Mitch McConnell. Um, Mitch, call your office. Call your office. Mitch paging. Mitch, where where have Senate? I haven't heard a word from any Senate Republicans on this. Not a word. No, I, I know they're out of session this week, or we're out of session this week, but they still have telephones and Twitter, don't they? Yeah, Tom. Look, the appeasement wing of the Republican Party in the Senate is getting so large that I think the resistance. A part of the of the Republicans uh, Republicans in the Senate is is going to start being called a click or a clack or whatever right. because the number of Republicans in the Senate that are falling all over themselves trying to reestablish bipartisanship. In Washington, D.C., my friends, if you're listening to this podcast, you don't need an explanation. But in case you're new to the game, I'll explain it anyway. When Republicans in Congress talk about bipartisanship, what it means is they will be more open to caving in to Democrat demands on the changing and transformation of America. Absolutely right. We're going to take a break when we come back. What are we going to talk about when we come back? I, I, we could keep on this, or I don't know. There, there, heck, there'll probably be another batch of documents by the time we get <laughs> Batch. I love the term batch. You're listening to the Bauer and Rose Show and Bauer and Rose Podcast on JustTheNews.com and right here on Sirius XM, The Patriot, Channel 125. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday, happy Saturday, happy Sunday, right here on Sirius SM, The Patriot, Channel 125, and JustTheNews.com, Bauer and Rose Podcast, 
several times a week at iTunes, at Google Play, at Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure and hit the subscribe button and give us a good rating. Uh, it helps It helps Bauer's battered battered ego sometimes. Now, Tom, I just want to point out the fact that we're on all these, there's all these different ways you can listen to us. All that means is that the deep state is finding it very easy to collect our shows, uh, have transcripts of them. And, and, and all of this will be entered in the court record when you and I are brought before the docket for whatever it is they will eventually right. charge us with. I'm only being half facetious because it is so evident day by day that one of the main, maybe in, in its own way, the main strategy of today's modern left is to criminalize conservatism. And it works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it uh and one of the ways it does that is this double standard of uh of justice and of the of, of the legal system where um where where the FBI does a pre-dawn raid at Mar-a-Lago and literally goes into the with SWAT teams. The, yes. There, there were, there Heavily were armed, armed SWAT team. Right. Right. And when they went in, Tom, they kicked out of there lawyers and other staff members of Donald Trump. But when the shoe is on Biden's foot in the mishandling and his in Biden's case, actual provable misuse of uh, classified material, Biden's attorneys get to do the search instead of the FBI. Uh, remember what happened, Tom, uh, after that search took place? The FBI took documents where they found them at Mar-a-Lago, and they laid them out on the floor and took photographs of them. They were, they, that they were released picture, on Twitter, right. Yeah, was all over the place as if they found the classified documents lying on the floor. Do you think we'll ever see pictures of the documents that were found in, in actually three different places? The, the Penn Center, the garage along with the Corvette, and in the library in that same house in Wilmington, Delaware. They're all over the place. The guy's been in Washington for 50 years, for God's sakes. He was vice president for eight. He's been, he was, it's been six years since these documents were spirited away, and the media narrative is the most frustrating aspect of all because it begs the question, will any of this matter? Because no matter how far big media tanks, they still utterly control the narrative. It's, um, I heard Donald Trump, President Trump last night on uh, Mark Levin's show, and he points out how secure Mar-a-Lago is how cooperative they were for more than a year with not only the archives, but uh, the Justice Department. They were in good faith negotiations. There was a nine-week period when none of Trump's lawyers heard a word from anyone at Justice. The first time that communication, that conversation was renewed was when Trump was in New York and SWAT teams showed up with CNN in tow at Mar-a-Lago the issue is fair treatment. That's all fair treatment. Everyone's talking now about prosecutorial discretion and the marked differences in the case. Well, the cases are related. You can't treat one differently than you treat the other. And 
the business about Biden, his lawyers, we just take his lawyers' words. Now it's the lawyers who are informing us. His lawyers are giving over documents. Where's the raid? Where's the FBI? Why are we trusting Biden's lawyers any more than we would trust Trump lawyers? Yeah, you know, Tom, this is actually a bookend case. I mean, because we've got uh, three people, two of whom were presidents and one of whom was the secretary of state that wanted to be president. And in the, this, the case of Hillary Clinton, which is the first case where the misuse of classified materials became uh, something that the public was generally aware of, she had it on her. She had such material on her computer. She was sending messages, unsecured messages on that computer. And some of this classified material ended up on the computer of the pervert congressman from New York. So she gets off. Because the the uh, the FBI investigation found, well, we couldn't find intent to uh, you know mishandle uh, classified material. So then you have the Trump case, and we all saw what happened with that. They literally want to put him in jail. They want to put him in jail, or at the very least, they want to so damage him uh, by using this controversy of the what was at Mar-a-Lago that he's unable to run for president again. And then now we've got the Biden case. And again, it's being set up and treated completely differently. So the message here that's being sent is if you are a high level Democrat, the political figure, and you mishandle classify uh, documents, no worries. It's all going to be OK. It'll be eventually br- uh, you know, brushed underneath the rug. But if you are a Republican, you're going to get your head handed to you. If we can, we're going to put you in jail. And at the very least, we're going to send a message to everybody that voted for you. The millions of people, working class people that have felt left out of the American political system for decades, whose jobs for 20, 30 years were sent, drum roll, to communist China in the name of free trade. You finally found somebody in Donald Trump that would speak for you and represent you and go to battle for you. We're going to put his butt in jail, too, you uppity, blue-collar, middle Americans. Don't you ever think you will be taken seriously or you can have a president that represents you because we will do whatever we have to do to destroy him and in the process slough you off as being meaningless. Tom, I, I, am, I get beyond angry when I see how the entire establishment, including the business wing of the Republican Party, will go to bat for migrants illegally entering the United States, how big corporations will speak out for them, how certain church groups will go to the mat for them. Uh, you know, how many times will we hear, Gary, Jesus loves the migrants? Well, I, Jesus loves everybody, including taxpayers, including <laughs> the people that guard our border. Tom, when was the last time you heard a political figure in the United States talk about the poor American citizens in this country? You know, Bobby Kennedy built a, a whole political career by traveling around Appalachia. And speaking out for those forgotten Americans, nobody cares about them. Nobody cares about the the communities that were built around 
tens of thousands of factories where working class Americans of all races worked. And those factories were shut down. Those main streets were boarded up. Many of those Americans, millions of them, never recovered, never recovered. They had high school educations and the country left them behind and nobody cared. But we're supposed to be weeping at the poor people crossing our border. Their decision, they made the decision to take the dangerous trek. They made the decision to walk into the United States. And we're supposed to think that all of America should be shedding a tear for them while we ignore our fellow citizens because they live in the wrong states or they live in the wrong portions of states and they vote the wrong way. And nobody gives a damn. Well, Bauer just getting warmed up. I got to bring it back to this narrative aspect because it's all I can focus on. Of course, a couple of months ago, Merrick Garland, or as Mark Levin calls him, Meritless Garland, appointed this guy, Jack Smith, to uh, be the special counsel in the Trump documents case. Jack Smith is a literally a war crimes prosecutor who is tied to the hip to Eric Holder, to Barack Obama. He's a true believer. He's uh, one of the 12 disciples, if you will, of the far left. Eric Holder, Barack Obama, uh, Loretta Lynch crowd, who was our representative at the uh, International Criminal Court of Justice in The Hague to prosecute genocide and war crimes. Yesterday, Friday, Thursday, whenever it was, Merrick Garland compelled, forced to announce a special prosecutor. The media immediately goes, this guy, Bill Hur, a former, quote-unquote, Trump appointee, to be the special counsel in this case. And the media now, every time Bill Hur's name is mentioned, Trump appointee, Trump appointee, Trump appointee, as a way to insulate the DOJ from criticism. What's not being reported is that Bill Hur was a Trump, this is my term, refusenik. Yes, he was appointed as an assistant district attorney, assistant U.S. attorney, rather, uh, and was assigned to the Justice Department. He was notorious in refusing department requests to investigate John Kerry for violations of the Espionage Act in lobbying the government of Iran, not necessarily for money, but providing uh, support, sustenance, and solace to the government of Iran as to how to deal with Trump's uh, decision to withdraw from the disastrous nuclear deal. There were other instances where Prosecutor uh, Her refused simply to uh, investigate matters, was considered at the time as a hero for the left, but now that it suits their purpose to frame him as a Trump appointee, it's as though these guys are good, these Democrats. They're good. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've had, they've had decades of practicing corruption and they work with the media that is a willing partner, right? I mean, it's uh, – by, by the way, Tom, uh, the documents, although we don't know for sure, but the, the, the leaks indicate – and they're minor leaks. I was going to say that, what leaks? <laughs> this is yeah, hardly that, like that the, the – <laughs> Right. That the documents that, uh, that Biden had, these, these uh, classified documents, uh, dealt with Iran and with uh, – uh, Ukraine. Uh, now, in the case of Ukraine, Hunter 
during that period of time uh, when the Biden uh, Penn Center was operating in Washington, D.C., uh, Ukraine was another one of those places where Hunter Biden was trying to land some uh, big co- big uh, contracts. And Iran, of course, infamously was the place, the country where the Biden admitted the Obama uh, Biden administration attempted to turn American foreign policy in the Middle East upside down by isolating Israel and uh, maneuvering so that Iran could be the dominant power in, in the Middle East. And they did that by signing this uh, terrible nuclear deal that ends up uh, uh, doing nothing more than just uh, giving a date certain when Iran will end up having nuclear and weapons. And plenty of cash between now and then. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tom, there was another development um, uh, this week that got very little attention except in some conservative me- uh, media. And, it, and it's sort of related to all this. And it, and it came out of Twitter. A former Congressman Nunez did a very hard hitting report when he was still a congressman showing how elements of the FBI – uh, cooperated in making the Steele dossier that was the center of the false Russian collusion uh, episode, uh, that the FBI knew that Steele dossier was full of it. But nonetheless, they they cooperated in in promoting it. And they went to the FISA courts that are supposed to rein the FBI in they gave the FISA courts this misinformation, and that justified the FISA courts in authorizing um, the, the monitoring and wiretapping uh, of elements of the Trump campaign, people in the Trump campaign, and then in the Trump administration. So when uh, the Nunes report came out that said that really indicted the FBI for what they did in all this, uh, the left and the media immediately attacked Nunes and said that his report was helping Putin, was helping Russia, that this is exactly what Russia wants. Russia wants the undermining of the FBI and the CIA. And by Nunes releasing this truthful report, he was undermining federal law enforcement agencies and making things better for the Russians. So again, they were raising yet another Russian collusion because the other thing that happened was that Democrat members of Congress were putting pressure on Twitter and were saying publicly that this Nunes report was being magnified and circulated around the country and around the world by Russian bots. Well, this week... Uh, emails and, and tweets came out of Twitter showing that no such thing was happening. There, was, there weren't any significant number of Russian bots on Twitter circulating the Nunez report. And this charge that there were was so outrageous that even in leftist Twitter, there were officials saying, this is ridiculous. Why are we playing along with this? We've looked at it. There's no big Russian bot operation underway. We're empowering these insiders that Twitter said. We're empowering a Democrat, Democrat trolls by repeating a lie that is not 
uh, in any way accurate. So, Tom, it's th- this whole thing that's been going on so long now. The left knows that conservatives and Republicans were big on national security. We're big on standing up to countries like Russia. We're big on uh, you know, more defense spending and supporting law enforcement. So what they do is attack populist conservatives and conservatives in Congress that stand up to the left, and they label them as people who are working uh, to make Putin's life better, to advance the causes of Russia. I mean, this whole thing is a scam. It has worked. And they will keep doing it until somehow uh, we shut it down. And one last example of this, when the Hunter laptop story came out, of course, it was immediately labeled as having all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Because, of course, because it suits. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Bauer and Rose Show on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125. And the podcast, the Bauer and Rose podcast at justthenews.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Bauer and Rose podcast on justthenews.com. Now, take a look at the timeline on these classified documents and tell me if you smell anything that might be toward. You would think Joe Biden, 50 years in Washington, eight years as vice president, running for president, that he would want to make sure his operation was Mr. Clean, sparkling Ajax pure. But they didn't. Finally, on November the 2nd, this is according to the White House timeline, November the 2nd, um, his lawyers are just going through classified information, going through documents, just going through his closet. They just happened to show up and ask Jill, you know, if they could ransack her underwear drawer looking for classified documents. And then um, we find out that two weeks later, on the 14th, Garland finally assigned... Um, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, a U.S. attorney for Chicago on the case. What happened between November the 2nd and November the 14th? This is a uh, Jeopardy I think question. that would be called an election. Huh. So in other words, they, this is all an attempt to get out there and play prevent defense, which, as Gary Bauer has pointed out for years, Never works in the NFL, let alone in politics. But I have my suspicions that it might work now because the media is so credible, so credulous and so beyond um, any accountability that they're just it's not like they're being duped. They're part of it. They want to help Biden. So here we have the case where Republicans win control of Congress. James Comer is now going to be heading up this special investigation committee, along with Jim Jordan, who's got the other big committee. And Biden knew, the Biden people knew, that sooner or later this was going to be uncovered. So they ran out to release this stuff to their favorite reporters at NBC News and CBS, which, of course, the CBS guy whose name I can't remember, is actually turning into a pretty good reporter. So my guess is they won't be leaking to him anymore. They'll go back to their flax at NBC. But 
Tom, this is what the point you just made, I think, is a, a really important point that the the narrow win by House Republicans this past November um, almost immediately started paying dividends, even before they ended up uh, agreeing on who was going to be speaker and, and change the rules and so forth. Um, the, the, the White House, as you said, immediately understood that we suddenly were now going to have investigative authority that we hadn't had in the first two years of the Biden administration. And, uh, I, I, you know, you and I have my have our doubts about whether the Republicans will do everything they say they're going to do. But I like some of the people that are in charge of these committees. And somebody at the White House said, well, we probably can't say on the air what they said. And, and you're right. It's probably an operation to clean things up, to kind of clean the runway. And by the way, all this is happening when when Joe Biden is signaling that he's going to announce at some point, probably sooner rather than later, that he's going to run for reelection. Now, there's still some speculation, Tom, about timing here. Um, Why were they so uncertain that these that that they could hide these documents. I mean, they've been able to hide them, you know, for six years in plain sight, pretty much. Yeah. So some some people think that that uh, maybe Biden's being victimized here by elements of his own party, that they definitely don't want him to run for reelection again, and, uh, and and this might be the thing that causes Jill and Joe to think, oh, my God, this is going to bedevil me for years. You know, I, who knows what's going to happen next? I'd like to think that's what's going on. It, you know, it, it is significant, I think, that the two major leaks that broke on this was first in C- at CBS and then at NBC. I mean, these leaks aren't going to the Wall Street Journal and to uh, Fox News. So it tells you, I I think that leftists are doing the leaking, that the leftists could be the Biden leftists or it could be leftists that are finished with Biden and want to move on to the next phase of the transformation. Did you hear this, this jackass uh, Hank Johnson, that congressman from, I don't know, Georgia. I think Louisiana or Georgia yesterday right. that uh, yeah, well, Trump planted him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that the same guy that said we landed on Mars or something that we uh, I, I think he was the one that said it was concerned because we were building another military facility on an island and he was Guam. Con- Guam. Yeah, we were going to sink the Guam. island by tilt. Yeah, <laughs> we were going to yeah. sink Guam and we had landed on Mars and Trump planted the documents in Joe Biden's garage. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, uh, this was the same thing that was being said on The the View yesterday by the liberal wacko women on that show. Uh, You got Biden saying, you know, we found documents. I you know, I'm not sure how they got there, but, uh, you know, they're top secret documents and so forth. They were promoting this conspiracy theory that uh, Donald Trump. Where was Donald Trump? You know, it was, you know, he's got to account for where he was every day because he probably planted these. Th- I mean, these people. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. The, the, these people are clinically insane. And, and the you know, we've always said this, Tom, that the very things, whatever they're accusing conservatives of doing is exactly what the left is always doing on steroids. I mean, the idea that conservatives are promoting conspiracy theories Look, for the entire Bush presidency, a majority of Democrats 
believed that George Bush basically authorized the attack on on 9-11 in order to come up with an excuse to invade the Middle East to protect American oil companies. If only. (laughs) I mean, we not only went into Iraq, spent blood and treasure, sons and daughters of American sons and daughters died. We we didn't we didn't do anything. Cinepec, which which is the huge Chinese conglomerate now has. Think about this. Massive franchise and license. Yeah, most people don't know this. At this very moment, oil fields in Iraq are being guarded by Chinese troops. Chinese security was invited. Well, they weren't invited in. They told the Iraqi government, look, if we're going to, you know, be getting oil out of these fields, we want to protect our interests. You guys are showing some problems on securing things. We want to have our own security. So, you know, I remember when Donald Trump said, whether you liked it or not, Tom, you probably wouldn't have liked it. But he said, look, if we're going to, you know, after everything we did in Iraq, we ought to, you know, take some of that oil. I Why mean, would you gonna, say I wouldn't like that? Well, I don't know, because, every, you know, a whole lot of normal Republicans or, you know, what passes as normal Republicans condemn that. That's Hell outrageous. yes, take we the oil. I mean, that, that was the know? whole, you know, that's uh, not to mention, had we done so, the Iraqi people would be better off. The oil would be safer. Um, we'd be far more generous in the royalties we negotiated than Sinopec. Uh, I'm I'm yeah. a little I'm a little hurt there, Bauer. I, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. What do you You're think? The, I'm Mitch McConnell or something? I no, I mean, but I but I think you know there was there were some foreign policy advisors. I was for the Iraq War. I admit it, um, and I defended it. I think longer than you did, um, but you know the notion that blank checks go to defense departments that are now so. I mean, the bureau, I spent four years in the Trump administration. You worked for Ronald Reagan. I would imagine today uh, it's infinitely worse than it was when you were there. And it was, I'm sure, horrendously bureaucratic when you were there. Uh, you know, the old joke about the, the guy, the, the mailman that walks into the Pentagon. And by yeah. the time he finds his way out, he's a full colonel. Um, yeah, well, it was actually the joke goes back quite a few years. It was a Western Union <laughs> uh, guy that drove, you know, drove up on his bicycle to deliver a message, went in one door, got caught in the labyrinth that's the Pentagon. And by the time he emerged at the other side of the building, 20 years later, he was a five star general. <laughs> and his name is Millie. Right, 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 right. No, no, no. I mean, this is this is all very, very serious stuff. So. I hate to keep getting back to this, but five days later on the 19th, back to the timeline, on the 19th, this is just to show this is all the political version of defensive medicine, getting back to the narrative argument that we have all the time, that he who creates the narrative controls the story. And I'm wondering if any of this will make any difference in the end. Five days later, Garland appoints this special counsel to investigate Trump, this guy Jack Smith, this war crimes, this genocide prosecutor. Um, They did this knowing full well that already, we didn't know it, but they knew it, that at this time there already was uh, this assessment of the Biden documents that they found. Um, and they continue to trust to this day Biden's lawyers. 
Yeah. Tom, what, uh, do you have any um, imagination here on uh, why did Biden risk taking these documents or have his people take these documents? You know, I, the thought struck my mind that since they were involved in uh, at least the reports are that some of the documents involved uh, Ukraine, that they might be things that could end up coming back and, and biting Hunter. You know, that there would be something in those documents about Hunter's business dealings uh, in Ukraine that perhaps somebody in the intelligence community raised concerns about or might have warned the vice president that uh, this, this could uh, this could look very bad, you know, if they got out. I have a I have a far less developed theory as to how these documents ended up in Joe Biden's garage, and that is that he's just sloppy. He's not a serious person. He never has been a serious person. No matter how time how many times his press secretary uh, reminds us about how seriously he takes uh, the handling of classified information. I know from my own experience, when we were um, uh, getting ready to leave in the last two, three weeks of the administration, we had people all over us going through boxes. And I had handwritten scribble notes that I couldn't even read that had uh, TSSCI markings on them. The overclassification, this was Hillary's point. She's right. I mean, I I hate to grant her any... um, Oh, the menu Solace. at the White House is classified top secret. <laughs> it's so over the top. Particularly it's so, on Taco Friday. <laughs> it was Mexican Thursday, but they had to oh, change. The, okay. They had to change the name because of uh, cultural appropriation. But no, literally on notepads, the you know the stick it notes or whatever. Yeah. It's so over. There are literally billions of documents that are classified under the Presidential Records Act. And I would bet, and I'm, I'm not encouraging any FBI agents to come raid my place or to raid Zach Bauer's place, but, you know, if you rip through all the files, I mean, do I have, I, can I, but that doesn't change the fact that Biden, who supposedly takes this very seriously, he was sitting on this for six years, six years, and it just so happens that the, literally the day after the election, his lawyers start snooping through documents. Give me a yeah, break. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, Tom, it's, uh, you know, I, I think one, you, you can't prove it, obviously, but one could say that, you know, we, we narrowly won the House. I mean, it, we were supposed to get 30, 40 seats. That's a subject that we've already talked about uh, and still uh, causes my blood pressure to go up. But uh, we, we ended up with essentially a five vote margin, a five seats go the other way. We don't have the House. Uh, and I believe if we would have lost five more seats, it's possible none of this would be happening. Right, of course. Abs- what do you mean possible? Yeah. It's, it's- <laughs> well, I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up on my theory that uh, uh, as this guy continues to mentally decline and um, it has got approval rating of uh, uh, barely above uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, that uh, there are serious people, uh, socialists, neo-Marxists that have uh, uh, are all, all over the Democrat Party, that um, 
you, you know, that want, that want him out. Tom, I want to really quickly raise something else that happened this week because it's so telling. There, there were two votes in, in the, the House of Representatives related, uh, one directly to the sanctity of life and the other one to uh, – in an ancillary way related to it, but but even more important in some ways, that, that unbelievably some abortions fail. And by fail, I mean that a live baby emerges. Yeah. Failure meaning the baby lives. The baby lived. And, you know, it doesn't happen regularly. It probably happens 40, 50 times a year across the country. And it, it was discovered a number of years ago that what was usually happening when this complication takes place is that the baby that survived is wrapped in a blanket and just Exposed laid to on die. the table. Right. Yeah, left left to die. Everybody leaves the room. So I, I like to be the you – know, who's the guy that has to look in? Nope, still breathing. Nope, still breathing. Oh, he's gone. Okay, dispose of it. Uh, that's infanticide. And um, Republicans, when when uh, Pelosi was was uh, uh, head of the House, Speaker of the House, um, had a bill uh, that would require medical personnel to provide the same treatment to a uh, newborn baby that survived an abortion as they would to any other baby of a similar gestational age. Pelosi would not allow that bill to come up for a vote. Just would not allow it, period. We get the House. I'm sure many, many Democrats uh, supported it when it came up, right? I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the story there, right? I mean, so it was brought up to the House this week, and uh, every Republican president voted uh, for that legislation. And uh, uh, all, every Democrat but two voted against it. One of those Democrats passed, uh, uh, voted uh, present, and uh, the other one voted uh, in favor of the bill. Now, Tom, can you imagine if you polled this, if you asked the American people, do you think a baby that's born alive after an attempt to abort it should receive medical treatment? I, I, I bet that's a 90% issue. But Virtually every Democrat voted to continue to allow those babies to die, abandon in a room after they were born alive. What do you mean virtually? I think only two Democrats voted right. for it. Two. Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I said. Well, virtually uh, yeah. makes it sound it could be 50. It's like a batch, right. Bauer. It's like yeah. a batch. Right. OK, so the second vote was um, after Roe versus Wade was overturned. The country was swept by violent attacks on pro-life churches and on crisis pregnancy centers. There was arson. Windows were broken. There were bomb threats. People's lives were threatened. I had nails uh, nailed into the tire of my car right here in northern Virginia because uh, I, uh, people in the building recognize me. And uh, one of these days I go down to get in my car. There's something wrong. I get out of the car and I look and the, the tires getting flacked. Three spikes nailed into my car. There's a pro When was this? This was uh, weeks after the Roe versus I Wade didn't decision. know that. You never told me that. 
I did, but you forgot. Uh, in the building, there's a group that is the life issue is the only issue they deal with. They had to hire security. Uh, Concerned Women for America in D.C., they're a conservative women's group. They had a guy come to their building, their offices in the middle of the night, uh, urinate and defecate and rub it on the door of their building. Uh, this was happening all over the country. No arrests have been made. There wasn't one word of condemnation from the president of the United States. There wasn't one word of condemnation uh, by uh, the attorney general. At the same time this was going on, there were demonstrations taking place outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices that voted the wrong way. Uh, on overturning Roe, the wrong way from the standpoint of the of the radical abortion crew. Uh, nobody was arrested, even though federal law prohibits those demonstrations outside of the justice's house. So the Republicans offered a resolution. It had no legal uh, binding at all. It was a resolution condemning the attacks on pro-life churches and on crisis pregnancy centers. Every Republican voted for that resolution. Every Democrat, except for two Voted no. What did you they make? Were, what did you make of Andrea Mitchell the other day? One of her reporters um, on this case, on this vote, used the term pro-life. Andrea Mitchell from NBC News interjected and said, "That's that's a deceptive label. We don't we don't accept that label." Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 look, Tom, the, the message here to Republicans is I, I think there was a certain degree to which some Republicans in the House just wanted to get the pro-life votes over. And, and so they did it the first week because that's what they said they would do. I'm glad they did it. If they didn't do it, it would have blown up in their face. But the fact what they showed, whether they realize it or not, is just how out of step with the American people the current Democrat Party is. And Republicans not only have to have these votes, the RNC, the Congressional Republican Campaign Committee, the Republican Senatorial Committee need to go after Democrats on this radicalism. They need to isolate the Democrats from the main street of the American people. Instead, they play defense and they let totally. the Democrats make us look like we're the extreme. How anticlimactic would it be for us to end this show today by uh, talking about how Democrats now are vociferously denying that they support, support banning gas stoves after they ban gas stoves. I mean, you, as you know what they're doing when they make that claim, they're gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> That's very I, good. I thought so. I try to come up with one. Yeah, no, it was great. You started off by saying that they vetted the documents, Corvette, and then we end up gaslighting. So, yes. So I want to we'll, we'll obviously we'll be back next week. But before we're back next week. Uh, Martin Luther King's uh, birthday will be celebrated. And I just wanted to leave one thought, Tom. Uh, when people on Martin Luther King's Day will hear, as they should, uh, stories about his good works, about uh, why there's a day in his honor. Uh, the only, Tom, the, the only uh, single American celebrated uh, with a federal holiday. Yes, the only American celebrated with a with his own holiday, absolutely. not George Washington, not Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther you King. Know, and that's it, great. It is great. Uh, and he was not only the Dr. Martin Luther King, he was the Reverend, Reverend Martin Luther King. And his whole appeal for civil rights was based 
on the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence that says our liberty comes from God, and, you know, and, and that God gives us rights, and among these are the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Martin Luther King never attacked the American founding. He always said, we merely want to be included in the promises of the American founding. He never attacked the founding fathers. He would have been mortified that the founding fathers' statues were being pulled down. And Tom, here's what I want people to think about, that if Martin Luther King were alive today and he asked to speak at a public school, today's American neo-Marxist socialist left would block him at the schoolhouse door because they will not tolerate anybody coming in a school, talking about God and speaking good about America and the American founding. Well, that's a great way to end this podcast, this show, which we're way over time on anyway. But that's the beauty of podcasting. Have a terrific rest of your weekend. We will uh, talk to you next week. 